Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Winter is almost here, and with the change in the seasons often comes a change in how and what we cook. I love to do a pantry refresh at the beginning of each season, especially around the wintertime, and stock up on ingredients I use throughout the season. This is way easier than it might seem, so in today's episode, I want to share with you my winter essentials, my winter pantry essentials, what I always have in my fridge, and some of my favorite go-to winter recipes. Does cooking feel like a struggle more often than you want to admit? Do school lunches get boring after the third week and even cereal for breakfast sometimes feels like too much effort? let alone feeding yourself and your family meals with vegetables they'll actually eat? If you're a busy mama like me, you can probably relate. I'm Chris Dovniak, and welcome to My Healthy Mama Kitchen. I'm a trained chef, culinary nutritionist, and mama of two, and I'm here to guide you in making healthy eating easy and accessible by simplifying your meal plan, demystifying meal prep, taking the stress out of weeknight dinners, and helping you learn to cook your family delicious, nutrient-dense meals along the way, without spending hours in the kitchen or thousands of dollars a month at Whole Foods. In this podcast, I'm here to share my best tips, tools, and hacks for your real-life Healthy Mama kitchen with a side of humor and sometimes a little bit of spice. So grab your favorite apron and let's get cooking. Welcome back to the Healthy Mama Kitchen podcast. I'm Chris Dovniak, founder of Healthy Mama Chris and the Healthy Mama Cooking Club, and your host. If you listened to my episode two weeks ago on how I simplify meal planning in December, this is a really good tag on to that episode. Whether you do this now or maybe you really want to stick to those staple recipes in December, and this is something you want to plan on doing at the beginning of the year, once January is here, that new year sort of energy... I think having a well-stocked pantry and a list of seasonal recipes to rotate through with a few new ones mixed in is one of the best ways to simplify meal planning and stick to a grocery budget, which I know, especially after the holiday season, many of us want to make sure we are maintaining a grocery budget. With this method, with making sure that I am always stocking up on my pantry staples, I have a pantry staples list for each season, I can easily stay stocked on the items that I use regularly within a budget each month, and I can shop my pantry as I plan my meals throughout the month. 
starting with what I have rather than starting with the plan and then buying what I need. It's a lot easier to budget that way and it just makes things less stressful because I'm starting with what I have rather than starting with a blank canvas and feeling like I'm reinventing the wheel meal planning every week. Like I said at the top of the episode, this is so much easier than you might think. I know that coming up with a list of pantry items that you use every single month or for a season can feel intimidating, but here is what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead and I want you to write down a list of your favorite and go-to winter recipes. I'm going to share mine with you in just a little bit. I want you to go through those recipes. So write them down, pull them up wherever you store your recipes. I had a request for an episode on how I store my recipes. I have an old, old, old episode on how I store my recipes. So that's on the docket for the new year. But whether you store them digitally, which is what I do now, or you store them in a recipe binder, maybe you have a Pinterest board, maybe you have them all saved on your computer in random places. I want to help you organize that. However, Right now, I want you to gather those recipes that are your go-tos. They might not be recipes, but meals that you make regularly, whether or not they have a recipe attached to them. I know on this podcast, I have you make a lot of lists, but I don't think that you need to make list after list after list. I think you need to be strategic about organizing things like, these are the recipes that I love in the wintertime. From here, you are going to create a list of the pantry ingredients used in those recipes. So you're going to go through each one and you're going to go, okay, this one uses farro. This one uses tomato paste. This one uses Worcestershire sauce. I don't know why I chose to say that. It is so hard to say. So write down the pantry ingredients and I want you to tally up how many times you are using a particular ingredient. And by doing this, you can really identify the ingredients that you use over and over and over again. I don't think you need to stock up on an an ingredient, even if it's a pantry ingredient, that you use in one recipe once or twice a month. There is no reason for that. It's likely going to go bad. Even things like grains will eventually go bad, and it's going to take up room in your pantry. And I'm big on having a really strategic pantry so it can help you with your grocery budget and with your meal planning rather than feel overwhelming whenever you open your pantry and you can't find anything. So I think having a more strategic pantry rather than just a super, super heavily stocked pantry is a better strategy. Now, you do you. You do what feels best for you. But when it, when it comes to really making sure that you have what you need for the season, I think this is a really great strategy. So you're going to take those recipes, however many recipes or meal ideas that you use during the wintertime, you're going to write them down, you're going to gather them, and you're going to start tallying up what ingredients you are using regularly. And I'm going to give you an example of those in a minute when I share with you my favorite winter recipes. I also want you to consider ingredients that you might use over and over again that might not last a really long time in the pantry, but do stay well longer than maybe like your broccoli in the fridge. So anything you would keep outside of the fridge, like your onions, your potatoes, your sweet potatoes, your winter squash, kind of take stock of how often you use those ingredients as well. And I add those to the list. The last thing that I do to figure out my seasonal staples, and you might want to do this depending on how you like to budget your groceries, or this might be one that you skip, 
but I also like to look through those recipes and figure out what proteins I use regularly. So we order from ButcherBox once a month or so, once every couple of months, depending. Like They just had a really great sale around the holidays, so we did a massive shop at ButcherBox, and I'm going to use that for the next two months because there were so many good deals. It was well worth it. And then I'm going to meal plan based off of the things that I bought from ButcherBox, so the proteins, the meat, and the fish that I bought from ButcherBox, as well as those pantry ingredients that I made off of the list of recipes I wrote down that we love to eat in the wintertime. So again, it's just one more way to simplify your meal planning and stay on track with your grocery budget. Because for us, we have a set amount at the beginning of the month. Well, I say set amount, but it's a range that I will spend on our monthly stock up. Really, that's just stocking up on these pantry items. Once I've written down this pantry list, I know if I'm out of an item, then that's what I need to stock up on, whether I'm going to Costco or Trader Joe's. That's Those are usually the places I go and stock up. Every so often, there's like a really good sale at Whole Foods or Sprouts. There's a good sale on canned goods at Sprouts last month, so I went and stocked up on a bunch of canned goods. Things like uh, my canned fire-roasted tomatoes. And I know I'm going to use, I've already used two cans and I bought like six. So those are the type of things that you want to stock up on are the ones that you're going to use in your recipes. There's no reason to stock up on things, like I said, that you use once in a blue moon or you don't use regularly. Just because it's a good deal doesn't mean that it's a good deal for you. These are all things I talk about in my Healthy Mama on a Budget course, so I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I do want to weave those grocery budget tips in through the other tips I share about cooking and meal planning and meal prep on this podcast because I do find those little habits really make a big difference when it comes to sticking to a reasonable grocery budget for us. So I figure out our favorite winter recipes, what pantry items and items that last a little bit longer I'm using in those recipes regularly. And then I also write down a list and do an order of meat at the beginning of the month or every couple of months so that I have those things stocked and on hand. So I'm sure you're curious what my pantry staples are for winter. I'll also share some of my staples that might start as pantry ingredients and I always keep in my fridge or freezer, as well as a couple items that I always keep in my fridge in the wintertime because they're recipe or not recipes, they are ingredients I use regularly in recipes. So let's go ahead. Let's dive in to some of my personal winter pantry staples. All right, my pantry staple number one I always have on hand in the wintertime is canned tomatoes, specifically fire roasted canned tomatoes. These are my favorite. I usually keep small cans and large cans on hand. The smaller cans are really great for any recipes that use canned tomatoes. And I find that in a lot of winter recipes, just adding the fire roasted tomatoes to things like chilies and tomato sauce really enhances the flavor. It gives it a little bit of smokiness. Now, if that's not what you're looking for in the recipe, then don't use the fire roasted tomatoes. But I love using them in my winter tomato soup and pretty much all of my chili recipes. My family loves chili, so we eat a lot of chili in the wintertime. So I always keep fire roasted canned tomatoes on hand. Next up is another staple tomato product. I always keep tomato paste on hand. 
I use tomato paste as a flavor enhancer. It adds umami flavor, and it also gives a little bit of that acid from the tomatoes into recipes without making it a tomato-based recipe. So examples of that are my beef and farro soup. My family loves that recipe. I love to meal prep the farro at the beginning of the week, use that in the beef and farro soup, and I also love to make my chicken, my honey mustard, honey Dijon? I think it's honey Dijon or honey mustard, whatever it's called. It's in the cooking club uh, harvest bowls. My family really likes those as well. So I use it in my beef and farro soup. I also use it in my butter chicken recipe. I use it in any of my meat sauces, like my short rib recipe, in my pot roast recipe as well, which my family's been going crazy for lately. So I always keep tomato paste on hand. And if I'm not going to be using the whole can of tomato paste, if I'm only gonna be using a tablespoon or two, I will freeze the leftover tomato paste in little cubes. So I have a silicone ice cube tray specifically for tomato paste and pesto. So I will add them and I will portion them out so I know that it's two tablespoons, which is usually what I'm using, is one to two tablespoons of tomato paste. So I'll portion them out in one or two tablespoon little blocks, freeze it, and then I'll transfer those to a Ziploc bag. Usually I use a stasher uh, bag, a reusable, they're silicone, a reusable Ziploc bag. And so those are always in my freezer. So I don't always have to buy tomato paste. So I'll always check my freezer to see if I have tomato paste before I buy a new can. But more often than not, I usually have them stocked in the pantry. So I don't end up buying cans of tomato paste more than maybe once a month. So Fire roasted canned tomatoes, tomato paste. The next item always in my pantry is green chilies. We, you've heard me talk about this so many times. Both of these recipes are on my website. I sound like a broken record with these because they're just go-to recipes for my family. My white chicken chili and my green chili chicken enchiladas. So I keep canned green chilies in my fridge or in my pantry. I don't know why I said my fridge. I don't keep them in my fridge. I keep them in my pantry and we use them for both of those recipes. Piggybacking off of that, I always keep white beans in the winter time as well. For some reason, I love white beans in the winter. We really love that white chicken chili, which I use white beans for. And I also have a white bean and sausage pasta recipe in the cooking club. And it uses lemon juice and lemon zest and Parmesan. And it's really creamy and delicious and savory. And because it's citrus season in the wintertime, that is a staple for us as well when it comes to pasta recipes. So I always keep a can or two of white beans on hand. A couple other canned ingredients I always keep on hand are coconut milk. I love canned full fat coconut milk. The light coconut milk works as well, but it kind of depends on what you're using it for. Now, I do find that some brands of full-fat coconut milk, you really do need to stir them before using them in recipes or it will separate. But I always keep cans of full-fat coconut milk on hand. I use it for any sort of curry recipes. I have a red curry coconut salmon recipe that's also in the cooking club. Most of these, actually all of the recipes I've mentioned, I'm mentioning today are in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. Any ones that are on my website, I will link for you down in the show notes. And as you know, if you haven't tried out the cooking club, you can try it out for a week free and access any of these recipes. So come in, check it out. I just redid the whole recipe vault and there's now over 190 recipes. I put a whole bunch of new recipes in there. 
So there's over 190 family-friendly recipes in the cooking club. So if you're looking for winter meal inspiration, I've got you. So coconut milk is always in my pantry in the winter time. And the next couple items, I guess they're technically jarred items, but I always keep pasta sauce and pizza sauce in my pantry as well. We love making easy homemade pizza crust. It's what we make on Christmas Eve as well. So I always have pizza sauce on hand and I love some Rayo's pasta sauce. I use that in my veggie meat sauce, which is a staple for us in the winter time. I use it for my skillet chicken Parmesan recipe as well. I love a shortcut when it comes to pasta sauce. I love making my own sauce in the summertime. I have one container of sauce in my freezer right now that we'll use this winter time. But when I don't have any on hand, I really like having that in my pantry for any time I would need tomato sauce. Speaking of tomato-based recipes, I also always keep red wine on hand as well. For any recipes that call for red wine, we use a lot of red wine for adding that acidity and adding a ton of flavor to recipes in the wintertime. So my pot roast uses like an entire cup of red wine. We'll make both bourguignon in the wintertime and that uses a whole bottle of red wine. And also my braised short rib ragu recipe also uses red wine. So if you're not a red wine drinker, then you can always get the little containers. They're like little Tetra Pak containers. The ones that we typically use are by the Bota Box brand. They're pretty decent red wines for being boxed wine. Boxed wine has come a long way from like the Franzia of my college days. Shout out to uh, anyone who drank boxed wine in college. Wasn't my smartest choice, but we've moved on from that. And uh, Bota Box isn't something I would serve at like a dinner party, but they're really good just for keeping a cup or so. I'm not sure how big they are. I want to say they're about 12 ounces. Keep that on hand so you have them for any recipes that use red wine. Make sure whenever you are using wine in recipes that it is something that you would drink. You don't want to use the worst wine in your cooking. People will call, you know, there's certain wines like Marsala wine that's made for cooking, but people will just buy the cheapest bottle they can find for cooking and then wonder why their recipe didn't turn out very well. Now, if you wouldn't drink it, it might not be, again, what you would serve at a dinner party, but if you wouldn't drink it, it's not going to make your recipe taste good. So you don't need to buy... I'm not going to shout out any, no, I guess I wouldn't be shouting out. I'm not going to call out any brands. You can use a less expensive bottle, but make sure it's something that is still drinkable. A couple of condiments that are go-tos in winter recipes that I love to keep in my pantry include harissa, which is a Moroccan red pepper paste. It's not quite a paste. It's more like a sauce. I use the Mina brand. I get it at Whole Foods. You can buy it on Amazon as well. They have a mild version and a spicy version. They do have harissa paste at Trader Joe's, but I find it a little bit spicier. It's a bit much for my kids. We have harissa chicken bowls my kids just requested to eat this week. I already had some harissa on hand, so that's what we made for dinner on Monday this week. So last night? No, Sunday. I guess it was Sunday. In any case, doesn't matter to you. You have no idea when I'm recording this. So we always keep harissa paste on hand. I love chili crunch. The Momofuku chili crunch is the absolute best, but Trader Joe's has a good version as well. It's really great on top of like a honey glazed salmon. It just adds a little bit of crunch and a little bit of spice to whatever you add it to. And I also love keeping gochujang or sriracha on hand. And I know I butcher the name of that every time, but it is Korean chili paste. So there's gochujang paste and then gochujang 
sauce. Or sriracha is a Thai hot sauce as well. Both of them are a little spicy, a little bit sweet, and I love using them for mayonnaise. So like either a sriracha mayonnaise or a gochujang mayonnaise. You can use them interchangeably, but they do have, in those type of recipes, but they do have a very, they both have a very distinct flavor. Similar, but different. So I highly recommend you try both of them out, decide which one's your favorite, or have both on hand like I do for different recipes. So I just keep those on hand. And I always keep some beef stock on hand too. I don't tend to make a lot of my own beef broth. So I typically use a low sodium beef broth that I'll buy from the store for any of my beef recipes. So my beef and farro soup, my sweet potato kale and beef stew as well. So anytime the a beef recipe calls for stock, I will use a beef stock. Now I wanna get into the habit of making my own beef stock, but currently what I keep on hand is chicken broth in my freezer. I make that over and over again throughout the season and then I will buy beef stock. It doesn't need to be all or nothing. Just a reminder there, just because you make chicken stock doesn't mean you also have to make beef stock. It'd be great to make both, but I'm not there yet. So maybe I'll get into that routine this winter. Couple other things I like to keep on hand are red curry paste. I love that red curry coconut salmon that I've mentioned. Love a red curry in the wintertime or really any time of the year, but especially in the wintertime. So I keep red and usually green curry paste on hand as well. Both of those, as well as the harissa paste, do go in the fridge after they're opened, but I usually keep them in the pantry until. I open them and those are two that I don't go through super fast. So I'll probably buy them once or twice a season. They're not a monthly type thing. The other ingredients I've mentioned are kind of a monthly thing that I'll buy either on Thrive Market, buy at Costco. I don't do a ton of canned goods at Costco just because I end up buying so much of it and not necessarily using all of it or Trader Joe's, which has good prices on pantry staples as well. Of course, I keep some grains and pasta on hand as well. So we always keep jasmine rice on hand and farro, like I mentioned before. We also usually keep quinoa on hand, but I don't tend to use it a ton in the wintertime. So for me, rice and farro are kind of our staple greens. And then we tend to use a lot of starches like uh, sweet potatoes and potatoes and winter squash in place of greens in a lot of, in a lot of areas as well. We also keep pasta on hand. So we'll do like a gluten-free pasta. I'll also keep egg noodles on hand. My kids love egg noodles in my chicken noodle soup. They love my arecchiette with sausage and roasted broccoli. That's another cooking club recipe, as well as the white bean and sausage pasta recipe I mentioned. And that one uses like a spaghetti type noodle. You can use a variety of different pasta for that one, but we usually keep some sort of a long pasta on hand, some sort of a shape pasta on hand, and then some sort of egg noodles for chicken noodle soup. I can't forget to mention, we also keep oil and vinegar on hand. So my go-to's, for oil and vinegar are an olive oil. I tend to use this more often for things like dressings, avocado oil, which is my go-to cooking oil because it's great for high heat cooking. My favorite brand is Chosen Foods Avocado Oil. And I also use their avocado oil spray because it is just avocado oil. So I'll use that for things like baking or spraying the air fryer. 
I also really like coconut oil. And so we kind of interchange those three and use them in different recipes throughout the season. I also keep vinegars on hand. So I always have apple cider vinegar and rice vinegar for more Asian style recipes on hand. And then I also usually keep balsamic vinegar on hand as well. I tend to use white wine vinegar and red wine vinegar more in like the spring and the summertime. I typically use more apple cider vinegar, rice vinegar, and a little bit of balsamic in the wintertime. I also keep some sweeteners on hand as well. Maple syrup is my go-to in the wintertime, but I also keep brown sugar. I use a little bit of coconut sugar as well in some Asian-inspired recipes. It's a little bit less sweet, but it has kind of that molasses-y flavor like brown sugar does. And then also honey I keep on hand as well. I keep all-purpose flour on hand, regular and gluten-free all-purpose flour, and cornstarch to use as thickeners, or arrowroot works as well for thickening things like soups and stews. But make sure that you are making a slurry with these and you're not just adding them directly to your soups and stews because they will clump up and that's not a good look for anyone. So I always keep some sort of all-purpose flour on hand for thickening at the beginning. And then if you need to thicken at the end, make a slurry with cornstarch or arrowroot. We also keep baking staples on hand for things like muffins, in the wintertime, my kids love my banana chocolate chip coconut flour muffins. So that's probably their favorite alternative flour is coconut flour just in terms of flavor. But again, we also keep all-purpose flour on hand and I'll occasionally use oat flour as well. And we also eat quite a few oats in the wintertime as well, whether in baked goods or in oatmeal. So I'll keep rolled oats and steel cut oats on hand. And my kids love my breakfast cookies, which use oats as well. We also keep chia seeds and flax seeds on hand for baking and enhancing recipes as well. One thing I forgot to mention earlier is we usually keep some nut and seed butters on hand as well. So we'll keep almond butter on hand for snacking on top of oatmeal. We'll also keep peanut butter on hand. For me, most often I use peanut butter to make peanut sauce, um, but my husband likes peanut butter. My kids like peanut butter as well, and we will keep tahini on hand as well for tahini sauce. So I love making a miso maple tahini sauce, and I wouldn't say miso is a staple in the wintertime. I use it in a couple of recipes, so I always have miso paste usually in my fridge because that's where you put it once you open it, but it lasts me probably an entire season because it does last a really long time. So I always have white miso paste on hand and I do use it in a couple of recipes. So my miso maple tahini sauce is one of my favorites on top of teriyaki salmon bowls. And I also love making a citrus tahini sauce as well. And then last but not least, when it comes to pantry adjacent items, I also always keep onions on hand. I typically use just yellow onions. I keep shallots on hand. I love making crispy shallots. They are so good on top of salad recipes. I have a maple pecan crusted chicken recipe that my family loves that I put some crispy shallots on top of as well. And we also use them in our favorite green bean recipe, so we're always using shallots. So onions and shallots. We also always have garlic on hand. I buy it by the three pack and go through two to three heads of garlic a week. Any of you who are in the cooking club, you know I love my garlic and you're always welcome to adjust things the way you want to, but I'm a huge garlic fan. I also keep ginger on hand. Typically in the wintertime, I will keep it in the fridge. 
We're just going to take a quick break to hear from this week's sponsors. All right, friends, I need to be honest with you for a second. Of all the healthy habits that I have developed over the years, the hardest one for me is drinking enough water. But I know the importance of staying hydrated. For my health and energy as a busy mom, I'm on my feet all day in the kitchen most days and as a runner. I'm training for a half marathon right now and hydration is more important than ever. And I also care about the kind of water I drink and the kind of water my family drinks. We moved last year and I was shocked to find out how many contaminants are in the water in my local area and I knew I needed an easy solution for clean, actually tasty drinking water for myself and my family and that's where AquaTrue came in. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and are specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. Its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IAPMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs, known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. In addition to drinking water, you can use it for your coffee, tea, and all your cooking needs, from boiling pasta or veggies to making stocks and soups. Not to mention, the water actually tastes so good, I find myself actually wanting to drink water. And right now, my goal is my big 40-ounce water bottle and another whatever I need when I'm working out. That is a lot of water. It also makes me feel good knowing that my family is drinking clean water free of contaminants. And I love that it's super portable as well. We will for sure be bringing it with us on our travels next summer. And because I know if you're like me, you want to make sure you're making the right purchase for your family, AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and it even makes a great gift. Today, my listeners receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code HEALTHYMAMA at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use code HEALTHYMAMA. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And then I'll also keep sweet potatoes, and typically I have potatoes on hand as well, but I like to plan a little bit ahead. I use sweet potatoes very often, so I pretty much always have sweet potatoes on hand. When it comes to potatoes, I usually plan ahead a week or two to buy potatoes because I'll buy a whole bag. It's more cost-effective that way and make sure I use those up throughout the next couple of weeks. So those are my winter pantry staples and a few of my favorite winter recipes intermixed with those. Some of the things I always keep on hand in my fridge and freezer in the wintertime, carrots and celery. You probably know that carrot, celery, and onion are mirepoix or sofrito, just a little bit of a different chop. It's mirepoix in French cooking and sofrito in Italian cooking. And those are the start to soups, stews, sauces. So carrots, celery, and onion are essentials. I also really love to keep leeks on hand. I feel like leeks are not used 
enough and they add such great flavor. Maybe they're intimidating. They're very simple to prepare. They're like the secret ingredient in my chicken soup recipe. Everyone comments on how good my chicken soup recipe is. And it's I think it's just the leeks, you guys. <laughs> um, so don't sleep on leeks. They are awesome. And I have them in my fridge pretty much every week in the wintertime. I also keep some condiments always in my fridge. I keep grainy mustard and Dijon mustard in my fridge. I always keep mayonnaise in my fridge. I use this for things like chicken salad, but I also use it in marinades as well. I always have Worcestershire sauce in my fridge, soy sauce. Well, really, I use tamari and coconut aminos in my fridge as well, and fish sauce for Asian-inspired recipes like curries, Thai curries, that is. Typically, fish sauce is not used in Indian-style curries, so just to clarify. I also keep citrus fruits on hand, and they are supposed to be kept in the fridge because they last longer, but citrus fruit is better used when it is a little bit less cold. So I usually take it out of the fridge a little bit before using it, but it does last longer and doesn't dry out as fast if it's in the fridge. So I keep oranges. I use them in a lot of dressing recipes, marinades. I use it in my carnitas recipe. So I always keep when it's citrus season and Thankfully, we live in Florida, so there's lots of well-praised citrus around us. I always keep oranges. I always keep lemons. Use a ton of lemons in my cooking and limes as well. In terms of herbs, I love using fresh herbs in my cooking. So in the wintertime, I always have thyme, sage, rosemary, and parsley on hand. And oftentimes, I also have cilantro on hand as well. I also always keep heavy cream on hand because I do like to add a little bit of creaminess to recipes. A lot of my recipes have a little bit of cream. You can always use coconut milk, that full fat canned coconut milk if you want in place of cream if you don't want things to be creamy. But my winter tomato soup, Zuppa Toscana, my butter chicken, again, you can use coconut milk for that instead. They all use um, a little bit of heavy cream. My chicken pot pie soup uses a bit of heavy cream as well. So we definitely use quite a bit of heavy cream. So that's usually in my fridge. And thankfully, because it's mostly fat, it does last a little bit longer than milk in the fridge. I mentioned that I also like to have a list of meat that I use often in the wintertime. And so my go-to list of meat that is always on my butcher box delivery is ground beef. Usually I order two to four pounds of ground beef in the wintertime. So I will use the ground beef in my veggie meat sauce, my five ingredient meatballs. I will use it for taco night. We use a lot of ground beef in our house. We also use a lot of stew beef in the wintertime, especially. So I've mentioned my beef and farro soup a couple times. My sweet potato kale and beef stew uses stew meat as well. I forgot to mention chilies as well. So we use ground beef and chilies and also stew beef in my chipotle chuck roast chili. And we also love making Korean beef bowls. And so we will use ground beef for the Korean beef bowls. I also have a recipe for Korean beef tacos with that gochujang mayo. And that recipe, and it's Korean inspired. It is not an authentic recipe, obviously. They're tacos. Um, but my family loves that recipe. And so... That uses really, really thinly sliced beef, and that's probably the only steak we use in the wintertime. Oh, other than my Philly cheesesteak-inspired sandwiches or subs. Will I get in trouble for calling them subs and not hoagies? Maybe. I'm sorry. 
from the Northeast over here. Uh, but my family loves those as well. Um, that recipe, as well as the Chipotle Chuck Roast Chili recipe, both of those are in the fall mix and match family meal plan in the cooking club. Other staple meats include whole chickens. I make a whole roasted chicken pretty much every other week, and I will turn that into broth, and then I will turn it into chicken soup, chicken pot pie soup, my skillet chicken pot pie. Those are all favorites in my house. Or white chicken chili. Oftentimes I will also use chicken breast, shred that in the Instant Pot, and turn that into white chicken chili and my green chili chicken enchiladas as well. So whole chicken and chicken breast are staples for us, as is chicken thighs. I like to buy the boneless, skinless chicken thighs for use in things like my butter chicken recipe or my harissa chicken bowls. But I will also buy the bone-in, skin-on chicken thighs for my roasted rosemary garlic chicken thighs with cinnamon, honey, roasted root vegetables, another family and community favorite there as well. But buying the whole chicken, and I buy two a month which with Butcher Box. And then turning it into broth and then turning it into soup afterwards is, it's more than a staple. It's an essential in our house. We do that over and over again. Another favorite winter recipe or winter-ish recipe that I will make using chicken is a chicken schnitzel with sweet and sour cabbage. I love red cabbage. Uh, I'll use red cabbage in the Korean-inspired beef taco recipe as well, as well as a lot of bowl recipes. And that sweet and sour cabbage, it cooks slow with a little bit of brown sugar and apples and apple cider vinegar. So it's sweet and it's sour. It's really, really tasty. I also pretty much always purchase some sort of a roast during the month. So sometimes this is a beef roast. I mentioned my family is loving my best ever pot roast. So that recipe is a cooking club recipe and we will use the leftovers either for like a beef fried rice or au jus sandwiches. Lots of ways you can use leftover beef. So either a pot roast or we'll also do a pork roast and either make carnitas or apple cider roasted pork and use that in barbecue stuffed sweet potatoes or make carnitas nachos afterwards or carnitas soup. You can make enchiladas. You can make tacos. I like to buy those big cuts of meat. They're way more budget friendly. And then you can always make more than one meal. If you listen to my episode where I shared what I ate or what we ate and what we spent in November, I talked about buying a six pound pork roast and making carnitas. And we got, I want to say we got three full meals. Plus I still have some leftover carnitas soup in the freezer right now out of that plus leftovers. So three full family meals plus leftovers, plus we still have soup in the fridge for another shortcut meal. It's also been way too long since I made my healthier Mississippi pot roast. So if you've never had a Mississippi pot roast, it is a pot roast cooked. I cook it in the slow cooker with ranch seasoning. So I use the ranch seasoning from Trader Joe's and pepperoncini. So it's a little savory. It's a little tangy. It's really tasty. And I love using those leftovers in my beef fried rice. And lastly, we always keep salmon on hand. My family loves salmon, so we buy wild-caught salmon from ButcherBox, and we'll make teriyaki salmon bowls. We'll do pan-seared salmon with coconut rice and broccoli. That's a go-to you've heard me talk about before. I will make that red curry coconut salmon I mentioned. There's a lot of ways. We just love salmon. My family doesn't really care how I serve it. Oftentimes, we'll also eat cod in the wintertime as well, and you can buy that frozen. And I just, I have a recipe coming out probably this coming week when this episode airs 
for a Brazilian moqueca. So it's my version of a Brazilian moqueca, which is a coconut milk white fish stew. It comes together in like 30 minutes, start to finish, and everyone in my family really enjoyed it, which surprised me a little bit because even though my youngest likes white fish, she's not always a fan of new preparation. She really likes my breadcrumb herb topped white fish. She likes my fish tacos, but she's not a huge fan typically of new preparations and she loved it. So that one was a winner. Very easy 30 minute recipe that feels kind of gourmet. Before I close out and share with you kind of my list of our go-to winter recipes, I've shared a lot of them with you. As I've talked, I want to share a few of my favorite spices to keep on hand in the wintertime and some of my favorite winter cooking tools. So spices. I always keep lots of warming spices on hand in the wintertime. I use a lot of those fresh herbs. So your thyme, your rosemary, your sage, your parsley. But I also use cinnamon, cumin, coriander, nutmeg, allspice, smoked paprika, onion powder, garlic powder, curry powder. And I also love adding bay leaves to my recipes as well. A lot of my stews use bay leaves. So I will also use Italian seasoning and sometimes I'll use things like oregano and parsley, but more often than not, it's a lot of those warming spices I just mentioned. So I stock up on those. Typically I will buy them in bulk from Thrive Market and then I will refill my small spice jars and have those all season long. In terms of cooking tools for winter recipes, my number one and number two are the Instant Pot and the Slow Cooker. Winter tends to be a busy season for us. We do a lot of travel, we have activities. And so having those tools on hand where I can either throw something in the slow cooker in the morning, that's what I'm doing tomorrow morning. I'm putting a chili, my Chipotle chuck roast chili in the slow cooker in the morning. So it's ready in the afternoon. I'm teaching cooking classes all day. And then my in-laws are coming into town. So we're gonna enjoy that afterwards. And then the Instant Pot is great if you don't have time to put something in the slow cooker or you need something done in less time. We also love using our rice cooker anytime. I don't use this for farro, but anytime I cook grains other than farro, I cook in the rice cooker. So rice, quinoa, millet, those are kind of our go-tos. I will cook in the rice cooker and it's set it and forget it. Yes, you can use your Instant Pot for rice as well, but I'm oftentimes using my Instant Pot if I am also If I'm also using my, or if I'm cooking something with rice, oftentimes I'm using my Instant Pot. So you can use either one, but oftentimes I'm like making a curry in the Instant Pot and cooking rice on the side. I also love my microplane, like many of you know, for garlic, for ginger, for nutmeg, for citrus zest. It is a staple, especially in winter cooking. I need some good quality sheet pans. Always I have probably six sheet pans in various sizes and... Honestly, that's probably the only kitchen item that I have an overabundance of and no qualms about it because I use them all the time. I have a couple from Target and then a couple from USA Pans and then spatulas, good spatulas. So either your high heat spatulas for cooking on the stove, so your high heat silicone spatulas, I mean, or silicone spatulas for stirring, wooden spatulas and also turners. So I have a fish spatula that I use all the time. If you don't have a fish spatula, please get yourself one on Amazon. They're like 12 bucks, well worth it. 
I will link any of my favorite cooking tools down below in the show notes. And then also just a regular spatula to flip. When I say regular, I mean the kind that you would use to flip something or turn something. I call it a turner, spatula, whatever you want to call it, and a pair of tongs for roasting vegetables. You've got to toss. You've got to use tongs to toss. Just it's it's an essential. <laughs> so if I just had those kitchen tools, an instant pot, a rice cooker. Oh, I forgot one. Sorry, guys. Instant pot, rice cooker, slow cooker, microplane, sheet pans, spatula, obviously a knife and cutting board, a bunch of bowls, big and small, and my Dutch oven. Many of you know I recently invested in a new, bigger, large Dutch oven than the one I had for over a decade. And it is so great. It's so affordable compared to like Le Creuset and works just as well. I have used Le Creuset at many a client's house and it is a wonderful brand, but Lodge is great and way less expensive. So the Dutch oven is great for any sort of pot roast. It's great for chili. You can bake bread in it. It's very, very versatile. So those are my go-to cooking tools. So just to sum up my favorite winter recipes, I have mentioned them, but I will give you kind of a list here. Many of these are on my website. I will link any of those down below. And any of the other ones are all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you are looking for winter recipe inspiration, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the place to be. It starts at just $3 a month. You'll get access to our recipe vault with over 190 family-friendly recipes, as well as the weekly meal plans that come with a shopping list and a step-by-step -step meal prep guide if you wanna make that your meal plan. But I also give you a ton of substitution ideas to mix in different recipes if those recipes don't work for your family. I'm always sharing new recipes. You'll get three to four new recipes a month in those meal plans as well. And right now you can still get 15% off a yearly subscription, which starts at just $2.80 a month. And you'll also get special bonuses like a copy of my Healthy Mama meal planning notepad or a really cute tote bag that says good food brings families together and that is just through the end of December. I also have a whole video and winter pantry guide coming up with recipes attached to executive chef members which is the $10 level at the end of the month. So if you like this episode and you want a resource with all of my pantry staples listed with those recipes attached, that's coming up in a couple weeks in the club as well. So some of my favorite winter recipes, mentioned this a bunch of times, but my sweet potato kale and beef stew, my beef and farro soup, my winter tomato soup with pesto grilled cheese, Zuppa Toscana, butter chicken, usually we serve that with rice and cumin roasted cauliflower, skillet chicken parmesan, usually we serve that with roasted broccoli, my veggie meat sauce, oftentimes we will serve that over spaghetti squash or pasta, ginger pork bowls, Korean inspired beef tacos with that red cabbage I mentioned or Korean beef bowls, my best ever pot roast recipe, whole chicken, Usually I do my butter herb roasted whole chicken. There's also a slow cooker roasted whole chicken, or I guess not roasted, but slow cooker whole chicken in the cooking club. And I will turn that into my chicken noodle soup or chicken pot pie soup, arecchiette with sausage and roasted broccoli, the sausage and white bean pasta, chicken schnitzel with sweet and sour cabbage, white chicken chili, green chili chicken enchiladas, harissa chicken bowls, my red curry coconut salmon and teriyaki salmon bowls that I just gave you like 25 
of my favorite recipes for wintertime. I hope that gave you some inspiration, some insight into how I stock my pantry for the wintertime and how you can stock yours too so you can stick to a more reasonable grocery budget as we come into the new year and you can simplify your meal planning. So as always, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you found it helpful. If you are in the cooking club, come over to the cooking club chats on the Patreon app and come and share if you have any questions on this episode. We have a whole thread on the weekly podcast episodes where you can ask me questions, leave comments, share your own recipes and links. I am really excited about the new chat feature that came out uh, like a month and a half ago. And so I've been trying to utilize that more and share little tips with you guys and use it as a way to connect with all of you as well. So if you haven't yet joined us in the cooking club, come and try it out for a week free. Get some of the recipes I mentioned in this episode or better yet, get 15% off a yearly subscription and join us for the full year and have that resource for easier meal planning in 2024. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, happy cooking. Thank you for listening to Mommy's Podcast. Friend, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Healthy Mama Kitchen Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you love to listen to podcasts so you never miss a cooking tip. If you've been loving this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It truly makes a difference in how many other busy cooks find this show and lets me know what you're loving and want to hear more of. For show notes and links to all the recipes and tools I mentioned, head to healthymamachris.com slash podcast. For daily eats, cooking tips, and family-friendly shortcut dinner ideas, be sure to follow along over on Instagram at Healthy Mama Chris. Remember, cooking for your family may not always feel easy, but it can be simple.